This is your host, Dr. Mesma Shabazz. Good afternoon, ladies of the world, and happy Friday. I am so, so happy to be here with you again. The two weeks time period emerges with new insights that I can share with you. And I had two titles that I wanted to really discuss, but I, I can only choose one, at least for this time around. And I settled on understanding the seven rites of passage. Now, there's an African proverb that says that it is with the aid of a tree trunk that one makes contact with the sky. And to me, that means that each and every one of us on this journey and this life experience have teachers and guides and angels and they cast off helpers that lift us up from one stage to another. And so it ties into this conversation of the seven rites of passage. And I am reminded of a teacher of mine, the late Angelus Arian, who taught us about uh, this subject in detail. And I want to share some of the things that I learned in that session and class, because I think it's relevant now uh, to really visit these stages of development and growth and change so that as we enter into the new year, that we'll be more prepared. Now, there are questions that come with this conversation, and I hope that it will trigger something within you that would help you do the inner work so that it reflects the peace and harmony and joy and abundance and prosperity in the outer world for you. So now the rites of passage is about change and change is life's natural movement. Change stretches us and challenges us. It is the way we grow. The question is, how do you handle what is new in your life? How you face what's new on an everyday basis is an indication of how you will handle the ultimate newness or unknown in life and your death. If you approach new things in your life with fear or needing control, that is how you approach death. If you are excited, fascinated, willing, and anticipatory about new things in life, that is probably how you approach your death. The underlying belief about change in the West is that it means ending and loss. So the best compliment you can get is, you haven't changed a bit, which means I haven't lost you. We are still connected. In the East, however, the underlying sense about change is that it is an ever-present constant. Loss and gain may occur, but what one can most count on is that change will occur. And it has four major functions. 
Change restores balance. It breaks old patterns, particularly patterns that bind, limit, restrict, or restrain us. Change helps us to reclaim our authentic self because it constantly confronts us with a choice to be authentic or to be dutiful. And another function is to inspire, incite or enhance the creative process. There are seven major kinds of change that are taking place all the time in a person's life. These are universal rites of passage and they occur on both inner and outer levels. When we make a rite of passage, it is not just the situation that changes, but it is also part of oneself that comes to an end and then a new self emerges. The phrase itself, rite of passage, indicates that a person has passed from one level of existence or experience to another. Making a rite of passage indicates a socially recognized right to pass or change or transform, a right to enter the next level in one's journey, make the next crossing or go to the next threshold. Rites of passage are ritualized both to support and deepen the interior processes and also to announce the, and validate the change within one's community. Rituals emerge from the natural human tendency or symbolic form, just as change occurs in three stages, ending and release, neutral zone or place between, new beginnings and commitments, so too do rituals that accompany rites of passage. Although the rites of passage can be seen as seven stages in life, from birth to death, these passages also occur every day in small and not so small ways. It is important to reflect on which kinds of transformation are easy for you and which are more difficult. Our daily passages are ways of practicing change and remaining flexible for our larger transformations. Being alive means changing. And we've always heard this, change is the only constant. The first universal rite of passage is birth. It is our emergence into the world as a new life and it is the emergence of the new into our lives. Anything new produces growth. Whatever is new in your life is what is being born from your internal changes. Even new people in your life may be outer portraits of internal change. It is noted that 65% of the world's cultures recognize internal birthing processes, as well as the external births of new forms and actions. So the question is, what is newly emerging 
in your life, both internally and in outer ways. Birth is symbolized by water, seeds, and birds. And it is honored in all cultures by giving gifts, just as the birth of children is honored by giving gifts. In other traditions, the birth of something new within a person is also appreciated with gifts. In fact, a person will not talk about an inner experience of growth until its outer manifestation in the world has been recognized by another person, a witness who gives acknowledgement through a growth gift. So how do you acknowledge change and growth in your family members, friends, or colleagues? How do you acknowledge it in yourself? There are other traditions that happen around birthdays. Each month when your birth date comes around, you do something you haven't done before. By the end of the year, there are 12 new ways you've grown and 12 times you have practiced intentionally meeting the unknown. The next rite of passage that all human beings experience is entry. In every culture in the world, there are ways of making contact between people, ways in which the individual enters the collective. Every culture has a greeting ritual. It used to be the handshake in the West, but with COVID, I don't know uh, what we do now. Maybe the fist bump or something like that. In the East, it is the bow. In traditional societies, it is the talking stick or the singing reed. These are all ways of making contact or beginning to establish relationship. Our roles, masks, and persona identities are also ways we achieve entry into the social world. Other symbols are doors, windows, archways, portals, and keys. Entry happens between people, and it is also within oneself, as the inner world and the outer world make contact with each other. How do you make contact in your life? Do you reach out or do you wait for someone else to reach in? Now, our third rite of passage is initiation. And it is a type of exercise or movement. And we talked about movement in an earlier episode not too long ago. Initiation is the willingness to learn something new or to be tested by someone else to show that you've learned it. In initiation, you are the student. You are not the teacher. So where in your life are you learning? Where are you, the student? Where are you being tested? Where are you being challenged? That is where you are being initiated. Symbols of initiation include the mirror in which inner reality reflected the one which is a transforming vehicle and the trickster who tests your awakeness by pointing out illusions, delusions and deceptions. 
In fact, one of my own personal practices is doing the mirror exercise where I stand in the mirror and acknowledge myself and have a conversation, look deep into my eyes. And that is inspiring. It can be emotional, yes, but it is inspiring in the sense that you acknowledge your own self and have a conversation with your soul. The question I have is, how do you go about learning something new? What kinds of relationships do you have with teachers? How have you dealt with tests in your life and with the issues of success and failure? The fourth kind of internal and external change is emergence or marriage, which is the ability to integrate, synthesize, and bring together seeming polarities. Emergence reminds us of the power of inclusiveness and the truth that the whole is greater than the parts. This is a very important lesson for each of us to incorporate in our lives if it's not already present. Two important elements about emergence are that relationships always change forms and that you can't change anyone but yourself. Emergence requires non-attachment to form because connections that endure between people or groups or elements of oneself require forms that change many times. So how are you dealing with polarities in your life? Both ones within yourself and the differences you may experience with another person. How do you respond to changes in the form of their relationships and how the, the relationships may change in form? Two symbols of mergence are the ring and the knot. In the contemporary West, a consideration of mergence or marriage inevitably provokes a consideration of separation or divorce. Divorce is not a universal custom. What it means in the Western world is we are changing and we can no longer negotiate. You have become too unfamiliar and that is not of the family. And we can go into further discussion about this topic in a, another episode. The next rite of passage is demonstration. Demonstration occurs when you are no longer the student, but you are the facilitator, the healer, the teacher, the guide, the symbols associated with demonstration describe facets of it. Hearts of all sorts are signs of energy coming back outward. After attention has gone inward for learning, practice and development. The crown or halo in particular is a symbol of awareness and awakened consciousness. The path is a reminder that we are all on the path of development and we are all 
moving through the roles of teacher, student, companion. Tools are the vehicles through which we manifest our inner talents in the external world. So where in your life are you demonstrating your awareness and abilities? How comfortable are you in the role? Do you recognize yourself as a teacher, a guide, or do you overlook that in yourself and tend mainly to perceive it as you project it out onto others? The next rite of passage is attainment, which is the sixth rite of passage. It is a, this occurs when you are no longer a student or a facilitator, but are totally modeling and living in the state, in that new state. When a skill or quality has been wholly incorporated beyond the ego level, you have mastery of it. Attainment is not the end of anything, but rather it is when something is ever present and you can access it for enjoyment or other purposes. There's no effort and no holding back. No inflated arrogance and no deflated self-criticism. Self-worth and self-esteem are established in this area beyond question. And thus one of the symbols of attainment is the gemstone or treasure. Another symbol is the mandala. The word itself means of essence. And the mandala pictures are, are essential completeness and fulfillment. What skill have you studied, practiced, and perhaps taught to others that you now no longer practice so actively, but always have accessible to you? And the final rite of passage is death or release. It is the capacity to let go, to move out of the old and familiar and into the new. Letting go occurs in our beliefs, ideas, feelings, physical life, and visions on all levels. We let go of people, of situations, roles, and ultimately life. Each night when we go to sleep, we experience a form of letting go, of death. Symbols of this rite of passage include the rainbow, which visually joins the sky and earth, spirit and body. Bridges, which make horizontal crossovers possible, and ladders, which facilitate ascendancy and descendancy. The skull and crossbones is associated in the West with danger, while in shamanistic cultures, the skull represents consciousness or that which endures longest. And the crossbones are from the forearm and shin, representing what I reach for and what I move forward. These are the 
internal and external types of change that all human beings faced, essential movements in the dance of life, birth, entry, initiation, emergence, demonstration, attainment, and death. Our lives will always circle back through the passages that are difficult for us. The ideal is to be equally comfortable in all passages, but even if such a balance is achieved, it will not last indefinitely because life will keep changing and we will be challenged to change and grow with it. And so which of these seven passages of life movements are most difficult for you? Which are you most at home and fluid with? Which passage seems to characterize your work and creativity at this point in time? Which passage is most relevant to your relationship life? Which one best describes your spiritual journey? Dr. Angelis Irene, for opening these possibilities also for us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'll see you in a couple of weeks.